Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another magical, maniacal Monday morning for Torch Report 439, the great global beer heist. Hold on tight, friends. They're about to steal your beer in the name of the greater good. But first, happy Monday. And I'm a little curious. Did you happen to uh, imbibe or partake of any adult beverages over the weekend? Did you have any beer or wine or whiskey? And if so, how much? Was it just one drink? Was it just one night? Or did you have perhaps one drink on each night and had three beers total? How many did you drink total? I mean, come on. They want to know. They want to know, friends. But regardless... Please rest assured, I don't really give a damn. <laughs> but have you noticed, uh, I just want to open out like that, you know, do you, maybe you've noticed these kind of questions creeping into all the paperwork. I mean, everything from what you got to fill out at the dentist office to your annual physical exam, right? I mean, questions like these, in my opinion, they're rude. They're intrusive. It's none of your damn business, right? And And yet... Americans are getting blasted by these questions every time we turn around, right? The U.S. Census Bureau has been dishing out over 100 different household surveys each and every year. I did put the link to the Census Bureau in there. You could check them all out. I gave you a, a short list of some of the surveys you may or may not have encountered. You know, the American Community Survey, American Time Use Survey, the Consumer Expenditure Survey, the Current Population Survey. How about the National Crime Victimization Survey, or the National Health Interview Survey, or the National Survey of Children's Health. Uh, how about the National Survey of College Graduates? Ooh, or the juicy National Survey of Fishing, Hunting, and Wildlife Associated Recreation, the FHWAR. <laughs> FHWAR. Again, friends, uh, you know, there's more than 100 surveys out there. And each one is a rich source of data that ultimately allows the powers that be to assess the temperament and the heartbeat of the herd. So these questionnaires really are just a form of surveillance. Whether they come directly from the government or they come through the paperwork handed out by your local health care provider, you know, this is a form of surveillance. And just to cut to the chase here, they all serve the same nefarious purpose. And that is, this is how they control you. By asking these questions, sending out the surveys, this is how they control you. Actually, you know, the, the purpose of it is deeper than that. You know, these insights allow the government to drive behavioral change across targeted demographics, right? They can, they can ask questions and get a feel for different communities, and then they can create targeted propaganda to target that demographic based on the feedback from these surveillance surveys. So these, uh, you know, these government insights essentially allows them to customize their messaging and propaganda to push the emotional buttons revealed by the insidious inquiry. So... <laughs> Friends, I bet you never thought about it like that before. Next time you go to the dentist and have to fill out some paperwork, I had to do that here just uh, recently, and I just, oh, it makes my skin crawl, it pisses me off, and I just put a great big X through the thing, you know, none of your business. I didn't actually write that on the paper, but I'm sure they got the point. But there are three points I want to point out here and now. First of all, targeted demographics allow for local-level 
political manipulation, targeted demographics. When they know uh, what what people think and what makes people tick in the local area, they can target the local area uh, with specific propaganda designed for political manipulation to change the sifting sentiment, uh, shifting sentiments and to control the emerging perceptions in a targeted demographic. So the second thing I want to point out is that this data is being shared with globalist organizations and they're sharing it to the global level for monitoring purposes. So it's not necessarily the local officials that are, are you know, they're not gathering this and monitoring this data. They're just gathering it and sending it up to the global cabal who then dictate from on high what's best for everybody else. The third thing I want to point out is that the global organizations are in fact directing federal and state level policies based on the data gathered at the local level. We'll get into that more here toward a little later in the report. So that's what's going on. In essence, These data collection schemes are fueling the insight that the global cabal is using to drive behavioral change and have political impact at the local level. That's key. I just really want to connect the global to the local here. You know, it's a two-pronged approach, really. You know, first, they target... They use the targeted propaganda to attack, you know, public perception to transform perspectives at the individual level. And the second part of that two-pronged approach is that the broader data sets are, because they're gathering this from all around the globe, they're used to inform policymakers on how best to corral their citizens with regulations that then prompt behavioral change or changes in human behavior, meaning changing how you live your life. Now, enter the news story of the day. This is what caught my eye this morning. I got me, you know, all fired up, all the stuff about, you know, Trump and all. They got something else on Hunter Biden. Oh, great. Okay, whatever. I saw this headline. It says, the Biden alcohol czar says the U.S. may change how much beer Americans should drink. And I thought, hmm. Now, I was just at a birthday party yesterday, and I had a few drinks, right? And I I think that, uh, you know, partaking of the... partaking of the fruit of the vine uh, or what have you it, it's it's an american tradition so you know in a nutshell when i saw that i thought you got to be kidding me in a nutshell just to sum up that article it says the bureaucrats are getting ready to recommend that americans drink no more than two beers or two glasses of wine or two shots of whiskey per week no more than two per week. Let that sink in, you know. Currently, the recommendation is, you know, no more than two per day. But now they want to cut it down to two per week. Can you imagine only having two drinks per week? For those who don't drink, that's like a no-brainer. Sure, no, not a problem. But for the average person who may have a glass or two or wine or a beer or two after work at the end of the day, two beers per week, that's outrageous. What the hell are you talking about? Nah, 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 nah. We're not having none of that. But... Before you think you can just casually dismiss it, friends, I want to ask you, where do you think the Biden's alcohol czar got this idea from? How do you feel about a bunch of unelected bureaucrats determining how many drinks you are allowed to enjoy each month? Hmm? How how do you think... They might go about tracking and trying to enforce these silly, ridiculous guidelines. Hint! It rhymes with CBDC. <laughs> okay, once they have digital currency and they can track what you spend your money on, oh, 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 no, 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 you can't buy that. You know, that's the second time you've bought beer this week, and therefore, you know, no more for you. 
Okay? So, for those in the astute listening audience here, and by the way, welcome to all the new members, all the new subscribers, new members of the Patriot Club. Thank you for supporting this publication. But for those who have been with me for a while, you may recall I reported that the World Health Organization had launched its own alcohol control policies a while back, while basically nobody was paying attention, right? And we discussed that in great detail in Torch Report 346, Beware of the Cows. And that's where I pointed out the following. I just want to share a little excerpt here because it really speaks to what's happening. And starting out, I pointed out this is just like what happened with the global war on baby formula. Link there in the report, you know, the, the WHO in the 80s decided that, you know, baby formula was no good, right? Because uh, basically it, it breastfeeding reduces the population growth rate. That's what that's all about. But simultaneously, while they try to snatch your steak off the plate, which was kind of the, the, uh, the, the central theme of Beware of the Cows, you know, they're going to try to snatch the steak right off your plate. They're also launching a global campaign to steal your beer. Obviously, that's not how they're selling it, but that is exactly what they aim to do. So last year, again, when pretty much no one was paying attention, the WHO announced the alcohol control policies and the regulation, and they announced that the regulation of alcohol marketing was now a global public health Priority. Now, global public health priority, that sounds awful lot like pandemic speak, a public health priority of emergency proportions, you know. But if you look around their website, you can see, you know, they've been working at this for years, for years, going way back, you know, 2020, you know, the WHO to accelerate action to reduce the harmful use of, act, uh, of alcohol. 2021, new scientific research and writing uh, initiatives towards reaching uh, alcohol control policies. 2022, the WHO highlights glaring gaps in regulation of alcohol marketing across borders. So, it is important to note that this is exactly, again, exactly the same strategy they've used over and over again, baby formula being the, the best example there. But that said, you know, trying to regulate alcohol at the global level is a little bit trickier proposition, right? The question is... How are they going to create the behavioral change needed to get people to stop drinking beer? How do they get people to stop drinking beer? How do they, how do they stimulate that kind of behavioral change? So cue all of the sudden the bizarre, seemingly self-destructive ad campaign that plastered a queer on the king of beers. And the result, of course, aside from destroying the reputation of an American icon, Budweiser, uh, for at least a short period of time there, some people simply started drinking less beer, right? Friends, that's a perfect example of behavioral change. So I'm, I'm trying to say the globalists have been at this war against beer, alcohol control policies, but they're changing it through behavioral change. And behavioral change is all about what's being thrust into our minds. Now, what you must keep in mind, my friends, is, is that in the globalists' fantasy land snatching the steak off your plate and stealing your beer and regulating how much you can drink is, in fact, in their minds, a public health priority. They are prioritizing snatching the steak off your plate and stealing your beer, okay? That means that even though you and I may disagree, or as the case may be for most people, simply, you know, they remain completely unaware the fact remains that the global elites are working relentlessly 24-7, 365 to change your life right here at the local level. 
Now, this is just one of countless examples, of course, and it follows the same tried-and-true, decades-long strategy to facilitate behavioral change in the population at large. We know for certain they've been using these kind of public campaigns. Uh, they call them activist media strategies. Activist media strategies. They've been using these activist media strategies since at least the 1990s. Furthermore, friends, <laughs> and again, without public consent, member states of the globalist regime have been endorsing this global alcohol action plan since 2020. It's actually the Global Alcohol Action Plan 2030, as previously revealed by yours truly, your favorite fuzzy peasant in Torch Report 303. What are they trying to hide? That's when I, uh, that was back in February, I brought forth the Global Alcohol Action Plan, and it was there that we saw the connection between the attacks on alcohol and the UN Sustainable Development Goals, aka Agenda 2030, aka the Global Commies Common Agenda. And just to refresh, friends, our common agenda, the Commies Cabal's Common Agenda outlines the, quote, the use of digital surveillance and manipulation to influence behavior and control populations, period, end quote. Our common agenda uses digital surveillance and manipulation to influence behavior and control populations. How do you feel about that? Now, the common agenda aims to make a, quote, tangible difference in people's lives, period. Pause! What do you mean? A tangible difference in pe uh, people's lives. Well, that means the global commie cabal, through their common agenda, through the UN Sustainable Development Goals, Agenda 2030, and the Alcohol Action Plan of 2030, they aim to take, uh, to, to control, take control of what you can and cannot eat, what you can and cannot drink, what you can and cannot do or say, just for example. They claim that we must recognize that humanity's very future depends on solidarity, trust, and our ability to work together as a global family to achieve common goals, period, end quote. Oh, yay. You know, uh, these tangible differences, which means impacting your life at the local level, you know, this is going to be achieved by recognizing, by, by the Globalists conditioning the sheep to recognize that humanity's very future depends on solidarity and trust and our ability to work together as a global family to achieve common goals like snatching the steak off your plate and stealing your beer. <laughs> now, it would be wise, I believe, to key into the words solidarity and trust and global family. Because these my friends, are the sneaky seeds of mental weeds that feed the collective mind virus. Solidarity. When you hear that word, think sameness of mind or mindlessness, to be more accurate. Solidarity means I'm no longer thinking for myself. I'm so caught up in the emotion of the cause. I'm not thinking anymore. Trust. What does that mean? Now, in a post-truth era, as we've discussed, you know, everything's okay as long as we all believe the same fictions, just to paraphrase the global elites. But, you know, that's to say that as long as everybody trusts the same experts, the experts can help us stand in solidarity and achieve our common goals for our great global family. <laughs> if everyone is restricted 
to a steady diet of the same lies and collectively trained to accept the same warped stories, i.e. the narrative, then the masses of mindless minions will skip arm-in-arm toward future Earth and collectively sacrifice the so-called defective members of the global family in the process. How's that for putting it in a nutshell, friends? Can you see just how sick and twisted this all is. Or perhaps you've never heard of the Society for the Control of Social Cancer. Have you heard of the Society for the Control of Social Cancer? Do you know what social cancer is? It's the defectives, like me. For example, just say, you know, you know, fast forward to the 21st century, we just don't need the majority of the human population, so we need to have a society for the control of social cancer, i.e., eugenics. Eugenics uh, being the driving force of the global climate cult, uh, ultimately. Friends, can you see where all of this is headed? While the war on baby food was was easy to connect to the depopulation agenda, I think the the war on alcohol merits a little bit closer look. I mean, why? Why? Oh, why on earth would the global elites have determined that alcohol is a public health priority? Why, oh why, would they have spent so much time and energy to create and roll out a global alcohol action plan? And why, oh why, does this plan align so perfectly with the depopulation agenda 2030? Why? In other words, friends, what the hell are these shysters up to? Zoinks! What are they doing here? Now... Perhaps, if you recall, we were talking here about the uh, recently about the transform, transformed social values, right? We get all these tech innovations, weaponized AI, algorithmic social interventions, sentinel surveillance, social listening. All of this is used to control emerging public perceptions, to transform social values, to to create behavioral change, so that we can then have new governance arrangements a.k.a. the New World Order. Of course, we were defining and looking at all of that in what the globalists call the New Earth Systems Governance. Earth Systems Governance. They're looking at how to use the climate, uh, climate change BS to drive policy at every possible level. So if you don't recall that, friends, I don't blame you. You know, with all the talk about impeaching Biden and all the talk about indicting Trump and all that, I mean, who really cares about Earth systems governance, right? Wrong, friends. We must care and resist we must. Uh, even if one were well-read enough to have heard of this plot, uh, Earth Systems Governance. The, the fact that the Global Cabal has launched a task force on Earth Systems Law probably slipped your mind. <laughs> Don't blame you there, you know. I mean, it doesn't really sound like much of a threat, right? The task force on, on Earth Systems Governance until they try to steal your beer. Now, I want to kind of help connect some dots here. Uh, I put some some articles in for reference. Climate change will make beer taste different. You know, why climate change could be bad for beer. You know, Scientific America says we need to be making sustainable beer. And the WEF says beer companies are taking steps to protect the planet. And, and, and you know, there's trouble with brewing because climate change is going to cause dramatic beer shortages. And then the climate.gov website, climate.gov 
website has its very own page just dedicated to climate and beer. So it should be very clear there's a connection between climate and beer, especially in the radical fanatical minds of the climate cult who are currently directing global affairs. Just to bring one more example front and center here, friends, I see the time. I'm going to go just a little bit long. On the uh, the climate.gov website, there's a link that goes directly to a nonprofit called Ceres, C-E-R-E-S. And Ceres has been partnering with big banks and pharmaceutical companies and woke corporations all around the world to advance the climate agenda. And of course, as, as nebulous as that sounds, their efforts are already impacting our lives right here in the local community by strong-arming state regulators to ignore the will of we, the peasants. So we think we have representative government, but we really have these globalist NGOs and woke corporations shoving the climate agenda down our throat. To wit, quote, at the state level, Saris's BICEP network members have played a critical role in passing some of the most ambitious climate laws in the country, period, end quote. How about that task force? on earth system law. How about that non-governmental organization that's helping to pass ambitious climate laws all across the country? Friends, there's no surprise there. But the bigger point I want to emphasize here is that these loonies firmly believe they only have seven years to save the planet. That is a very powerful testimony to the transformative power of the sophisticated and coordinated propaganda campaigns all bundled up into Agenda 2030. It really doesn't matter how detached and unscientific these claims are. They believe it with an unshakable conviction, just like they believe that stealing your beer will help them save the planet, just like they believe they just don't need the majority of the human population, just like they believe they have the right to make you answer these intrusive questions that allow them to better understand and manipulate you and the general public, just like they believe centralized control of production and consumption, i.e. communism and controlling what you can buy and eat is essential in the name of the greater good. (laughs) Friends, these climate crazies are everywhere, but they're right here at home. (sighs) Tucker Carlson recently proclaimed that the, uh, the people who run the USA are dangerous and insane. I could not agree more. The people who are running the show are dangerous and insane, but I do wonder if Tucker realizes that the people who are really running the show are a bunch of radical environmentalists who are forcefully implementing the globalist eugenicist fantasies. Does he know that? Does he know about the secret cabal that's trying to enslave us all? Does he realize that stealing your beer is just one step in this long, drawn-out process. I don't know, friends, but now that you know, you might want to share, and that is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please go to the website, click the heart, and give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already, and of course, the greatest honor of all is if you share this podcast with everyone you know. Get out there and embrace the rest of this maniacal Monday. Enjoy your beer, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.